Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel today. We're glad you're with us along the Super Talk uh, affiliate line online. However, you may be tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Thank you for doing so. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. We're happy to say they're good friends of ours, and we encourage you to do business with them. The next time you have a taste for delicious barbecue, you can enjoy it in the dining room, through the drive-thru, take home, however you choose. All right, Monday morning or Monday afternoon, time to get ready uh, for another edition of the Eagle Hour. We always talk to our good friend, head baseball coach Scott Berry, his uh, Golden Eagle baseball team coming off a series, uh, three out of four wins over Western Kentucky. And Coach, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you're getting a lot of national love this morning. Uh, you're number 22 in the USA Today poll, number 23 in the D1 poll. Your strength of schedule is now rated 14th in the country, and your RPI is 18. So that's that's all good news, right, Coach? It is good news. Uh, you know, and we're, we're proud of where we are right now. Certainly, we're... Uh, you know, we're disappointed we didn't get that sweep. I know that, and it still, it still kind of haunts me. Uh, in all honesty, as we sit here and talk, but I can't be more proud of our team coming out, winning a series. You know, I think, um, you know, all the accolades right now, they're they're great. I think it makes a statement of where you are in your season and where you've come to. You know, we we weren't there a few weeks back, so we've come a long ways to get where we are right now, but. You know, it's the road that we have to travel from here on uh, that, that we need to be concerned with, in all honesty, and, and that's what our focus is right now. So, uh, uh, but, but I am proud of our guys, uh, Bob, and, and understand that, you know, in any previous year, three games would have been a sweep of the weekend. Right. But now the extra game's been added on, and it is really hard on a normal year to beat somebody three times. But to ask you to do it four times uh, where it's not impossible, and we have done it. We did it against UAB. It's really hard to beat somebody four four times, and uh, we just we weren't able to, to pull it off this weekend, unfortunately. You know, the thought I had after the game yesterday in that regard, too, coaches, you know, these kids from Western Kentucky, they're Division One college baseball players. They had lost three games in a row. They came out really determined yesterday afternoon, and that's part of the difficulty, isn't it? Oh, it is. I mean, absolutely. We've talked about different scenarios earlier in the year of, of how this conference, when we get into conference seasons, and, you know, in previous years, you know, there's never been a tie in, in a series. It's always been either you win it or or you lose it. But this year, there was an added scenario. Scenario You could be 2-2 two and two and tie in the conference. You could be, uh, you know, 0-3 heading into the last game. And your focus has to be to win that game. You know, you cannot get swept. And, and you're right. Western Kentucky, 
they're Division One athletes. They practice as hard as Southern Miss athletes. You know, they're well coached uh, uh, ball club. Um, I I felt like coming in that on paper they matched up pretty close to us. You know, they they hung their hat on on starting pitching. Their offensive numbers were similar to ours. So I figured that it would be a a really challenging series, and for the most part, it really was. You know, the first game. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a one run ball game, six to five that that Stanley took. You know, and and then of course, the second game was six to five as well. So right. you're sitting there, uh, you know, not a lot of runs scored, and and uh, outside of uh, outside of the last game, they were all really close games. No question that they were competitive and 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 never quit playing, and I I respect that when uh, when I see that. I, I know we want to talk about Ben Etheridge, Conference USA Pitcher of the Week, just announced he was outstanding. But I want to talk just a second about Hunter Stanley. I, I just I enjoy watching him pitch so much, and and when he left the game Friday night, I th- I thought to myself, this kid, this kid has done everything we could have hoped he would do as a Friday starter. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he is he has embraced that that role, that leadership, uh, coming out the gate on Friday's force as as good as you know as Sandlin or anybody else. I mean, he just he has the presence, he has the, the makeup for that for that call on a Friday night. And I think more importantly, everybody in the park, including the fans, uh, I know our team does, but everybody feels the same way that right. he. Is going to give you a chance to win, and that's what you're asking your number one guy to go out and do. And I was really happy to see the ovation he got when he left the field Friday night. The fans certainly recognize what this kid's done all year, Coach. And you know, uh, and that was that was very special. And I appreciate our fans uh, doing that for him. That means a lot to to a young man that's out there that's competing and giving everything he has to, to win a baseball game. And our fans have shown that for the opposition as well, and I'm equally impressed and proud of that fact too because that's a sincere appreciation for young men out there playing the game of baseball, regardless if you're Southern Miss or if you're Western Kentucky or who you are. You know, you just you applaud good performance is what you do. No question about it. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Barry. Coach, just to kind of uh, go back to game one, you know, they, uh, they, they five spotted us and four spotted us, but the four spot came in the top of the eighth and, and they retook the lead. How happy were you see the guys to respond in the, in the bottom of the eighth? There weren't any home runs. It was just pushing people across the base after you get hit in the mouth. They swung back. Well, you know, that's something that, uh, characteristic that I've seen of our team the past few weeks. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've talked before about staying in the middle of the ring. Don't get on the ropes and don't stay on the ropes. You know, if you get pushed on the ropes, you got to come off. You know, you got to punch back. you got to get it back in the middle of the ring. And that's that's been the success, I feel like, uh, of this team uh, over those past few weeks. And we saw that again on on Friday uh, behind, uh, you know, behind giving up that fourth spot in the eighth and, and really returning it uh, with two runs in the bottom of the eighth to take the lead. Game two uh, is one of those you got out early and then you just kind of held on. Um, Walker, you know, gave us a chance to win five innings. When when he goes out there, I guess, in a seven-inning game, Coach, I mean, best-case scenario, he throws a complete like Ben, but you, you kind of expect to get at least six and probably seven out of Walker in a normal nine-inning game. I agree, you know, and that it just showed that, that he is human and that, you know, he didn't have – 
have the outing that, that he wanted or we wanted and, and that to, to cover that. But, you know, fortunately, we, we got some depth in our bullpen. And on that particular day, we called on two freshmen, Hurston Walford, that came in. And he did give up a couple of runs. But, you know, for the most part, I thought that, you know, under the circumstances that Hurston pitched, pitched well. And uh, but Walker got, you know, even in that game right there, that fifth inning, the bottom of the fifth, was uh, was so key. Reed Trimble gets hit by a pitch to get it going. This is right after, right after they had, they had tied this thing up, and uh, he gets hit by a pitch, and and Charlie hits two run homer uh, Fisher, and then of course Sarge follows up with a solo homer, and before you know, you know, we punched him back right in the mouth with three runs. So uh, that's uh, that's that's taking the momentum back on your side, and that's what we try to do. Yeah, Bob mentioned it, and he may have a follow up. But you know what a what a contrast of two weekends for for Ben Etheridge, one and a third, and then the next weekend, coach gives up three hits, strikes out eleven. I mean, but he had his stuff working in game two on Saturday. Well, he did, and I thought when he got to the fifth inning, there was another gear that really kicked in. He started getting a lot of strikeouts. Of course, he retired the last 14 hitters of the game, I believe, and I don't know how many of those were strikeouts, but there was a good number of those uh, outs that were strikeouts. But, you know, if you look at at the first two games, there, there just wasn't. This team was a tough team to strike out. Now, Stanley got seven. Uh, in game one, and then the relievers each got one. So you had nine in game one. Uh, but, you know, what was kind of interesting is that their numbers for Western Kentucky, they had over 300 strikeouts coming in. So they were strikeout prone. But for this particular weekend, they were tough to put away. I mean, Walker only had four and Walter had two. But Ben kind of uh, made that exclamation uh, mark on, on them with, with him. And I really felt like in the fifth inning, that things really started getting uh, uh, really good for him. He started finding that cutter, slider, whatever you want to call it, and just found a rhythm about himself that enabled him to just really continue to throw those zeros, uh, not only for the entire game, but for the, the remainder of the game, riding on only three runs that we scored in the first inning. All right, Coach, the journey continues. We go out to face an old nemesis uh, this coming weekend. Rice always makes me nervous. I don't know about you. We'll get your opinion on that uh, when we come back. And uh, talk about how great Conference USA Baseball as a whole uh, is doing this season. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. We'll continue the conversation on the other side of the break. Thanks for tuning in to the Eagle Hour. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net. What a great selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find down there. Got some great baseball swag. 
<clears throat> so be sure you make a trip to Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street. Coach, I want to ask you a little bit more about Conference USA Baseball, but but I do want to go back uh, to Friday night and how that game ended. That was high drama in the ninth inning of the game Friday night and just a fantastic catch to end the baseball game. Yeah, I mean, Reed Trimble just made one of the most athletic plays and really gambled because, you know, if that ball gets by him, we're down a run. Not only They have two runners on, first and third, I believe, and, and mm-hmm. certainly the guy from first is going to score. But Trimble had, had a lot of confidence in his ability to make that catch and end that game, and, and certainly he did. Uh, of course, my biggest fear was is that he laid out there like he had, had, had really been hurt, and he did kind of uh, – jam that shoulder a little bit that he's had a problem with, but uh, you know, he was able to get up and high five people so everybody was uh, everybody was happy on Friday night. Right. But what a what a what a way to end that game. No question. Now he did not play in the in the game yesterday, coach. What is his status? Because he's a big key. Yeah, a real huge key. Uh you know, I really felt like him not being in the lineup kind of moved things around, not in our favor with uh with 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 what we've been doing. So but his status right now is, is I haven't seen him today, but yesterday the knee was really swollen from taking being hit by a pitch on the inside part of that knee, and we didn't anticipate the fluid building up overnight, which it did, and his mobility yesterday just wasn't enough for him to, uh, to feel comfortable to be in the lineup and help us. And I appreciate him being honest with that because sometimes that can hurt you, obviously, if you if you try to push things through things. And, mm-hmm. and looking at the knee, there's no way he could have. You know, we were hoping that uh, if if it came down to a uh, game on the line, that he could do a Kirk Gibson pinch hit and and po- possibly you know help us that way. But uh, but it didn't come to that. So he should be good by Friday, I would think. Good. All right, Coach, so a couple hours ago, the USA Today coaches poll comes out, and there are four conference USA teams <clears throat> Excuse me, in the top 25. And uh, you, you and I were talking off air. Neither one of us could recall a time, uh, maybe back going back to the old alignment of Conference USA, that four teams are in the top 25. And you expressed real happiness about that, Coach. Well, we've been striving as a league and coaches to get our league back in in a higher RPI league. We've been sitting down there around 10, 11 uh, RPI league where we used to always be in that five and, and six, mostly in, in the top five. Uh, so it's been, it's been a work in progress with us trying to do better scheduling overall uh, with, with our league uh, coaches and trying to schedule non-conference. And of course, you know, I think with this year, you've got four teams, all, all four of those that you were talking about, ourselves, LaTeX, Old Dominion, and Charlotte, that are playing really well. You know, I think it's performance-related in, in how we're playing. So uh, to have, have that national recognition, I think, is just wonderful for our league. And I know all of our, all of our members are, are proud and excited to, to have that recognition for Conference USA. Right. ODU's number 25 in the USA poll. They didn't make the D1 poll, but they were right outside of it. Charlotte, Louisiana Tech, and, of course, the Golden Eagles all – uh, in the D1 poll, and all four schools in the top 27 of RPI this week. All right, Luke, uh, back in the conversation. 
Coach, just kind of follow up on injury stuff. Uh, Charlie Fisher, of course, had a pretty good weekend, had a rough day yesterday. Uh, first time, really, that he's been kept without a hit maybe all year. But it looks like uh, the stitches in the hand and all that held up well for him. Yeah, I don't think he had any problem. I just think yesterday was probably not uh, a good matchup you know, for him. I think he lined out one ball to, to center field, but he hit pretty good. But, you know, then he got some left on left and, and uh, didn't, didn't – Fair too well with with that guy in, in that matchup, but he's he's back fine, and uh, we're glad that he's back in the lineup in that three hole. One more question about this weekend, and then I want to ask you something going forward. So the, I'm not asking this on behalf of Luke Johnson, coach. It's just you know you walk through the ballpark and you walk and you hear different people talk, and you know people that that aren't in tune with baseball like the three of us can just you know they don't understand yesterday why. You you win three games and then you get held to, to three hits and uh, you know you just can't seem to find a uh, find a, a hole. Happened to Louisiana Tech a couple weeks ago. A guy who had a five zero ERA you know shut us down. And yesterday, if you look at ERA and stats, they just pitched really well yesterday. Kind of help people understand you know what what to make of a day like yesterday offensively. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I wish I knew that answer. You know, I've been doing this a long time and. Sometimes, uh, and everybody experiences it, it, it just out of the blue, it happens. I mean, it happened to Law Tech yesterday. I don't think they got limited. I think they had six hits in, in their loss to, to Marshall. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think one thing you go back to is, is, and there's no excuse because I can tell you right now, I was just as sick this morning as I was last night when I felt, when I, when I finally fell asleep, when I woke up, I felt the same. So, um, it's hard to get past that. Because you know you you see where your team has competed, but you know sometimes in baseball and sometimes in in sports, you know unfortunately you have those games. You hope they don't come around often, but you know yesterday was was certainly one of those games. I think you had a, a, a team that was had a sense of urgency that was trying to salvage a win so that a seven and a half hour bus ride wasn't going to be that long. And and I guess if you're going to win only one game. The last day is the one to, to, to win it on, so you can at least have a nice feeling going home. But, um, you know, yesterday was just one of those days, Luke. You know, it's hard to beat people four yeah. times. Um, doesn't excuse the fact that, you know, we lost and we uh, we only had four hits. Uh, but, you know, we just we didn't do a whole lot after that fifth inning yesterday. We didn't. We didn't do a whole lot to, to win that baseball game in any phase. And, uh, you know, we, yeah. left, we left 11 runners on, too, so that, that certainly doesn't help. When they got the big hit, we didn't. Yeah, we, we couldn't just take advantage of the bases loaded being, in, you know, twice in, in some of those early innings. All right, Coach, looking forward. At Rice, I don't trust seven and twenty-three and one. I don't trust uh, five, fourteen and one in the conference. It's stinking Rice. We got to go out there to Reckling. But Rice is a team in transition. Um, I don't. We didn't play them last year. Coach Bragg is more of a gorilla ball guy. We're so accustomed over the years to arms and defense and small ball and with Wayne Graham. And how do you kind of prepare for a team with a new coach that you really hadn't, uh, you know, faced? Well, you know, we'll certainly start. We'll start breaking them down, uh, which I'm sure that uh, Coach Creel and Coach Ostrander have already started that today, watching film. On them, we're we're in finals, so we're off today and tomorrow, letting our guys um, get the academic side and the college experience uh, out, out of the way. So, but you know, I, I don't buy it either. 
you know, I'm looking at the stats. I'm looking at the numbers. Uh, I know that what we mentioned about Western Kentucky, they're Division One players. They're at Rice for a reason. Uh, they practice hard. They have good coaches. You know, they're they're trained to go out and win every game. So uh, that's what we're going to prepare for an opponent that does that. So we have to just take it one one at a time, and and knowing that what uh, what happened to La Tech this past weekend, Marshall's numbers weren't as good as Rice's, uh, but they took two two of uh, of four from from La Tech at La Tech, and people are probably going, how in the world did that just happen? Well, welcome to college sports and welcome to baseball. It, it happens, so we're trying to, to not let that happen. So we'll, we'll prepare for them, you know, no different than we do any other opponent. We'll kick back and practice on Wednesday, starting to get ready for Rice. Coach, like Luke, I hear a lot of people talking when I'm at the baseball stadium uh, like I was all weekend about – regional hosts and where we're going and what's going to happen in the postseason and what's going to happen in the conference tournament. Uh, what would be your message to Southern Miss fans at this point of the season? Well, just be patient because if, if they have, you know, if I have to be patient, they have to be patient. There's a lot of baseball left. We have three, three, uh, three weekend series to go and, um, and then one midweek game in which everybody around the country has at least three, if not four, weekends left. So there's a lot to be determined. The end of this month, they'll start really um, trying to figure out. Uh, they're going to go ahead and award the uh, regional host and, and super regional host um, there. I think the first of May, and they'll announce in that first week of May. So, you know, our message to our team is is uh, to just continue to win you know that's all you can do is stack up wins all that other stuff is is out of your control and what happens and that's what i would tell the fans too you know concentrate on on what's happening right now and nobody has a crystal ball to be able to predict what's in the future you know what's in the future is is what we handle now and from here on I think that's exactly right, Coach. Well, I'll tell you this, it's sure fun. We're enjoying the ride, and uh, we look forward to watching you and the guys uh, take on Rice this weekend and talking to you about it next Monday, sir. Yes, sir. I I look forward to it, too, and thank you. All right, Coach Scott Berry, everybody. Southern Miss head baseball coach, all-around great guy. And Luke, uh, finally getting a little national love that the teams deserved all weekend or all season, I should say. And you got to really be proud to see four CUSA teams in that top 25. Absolutely. Kind of a historic day ranking-wise, and uh, we'll break it down. RPI, conference, all that stuff. We'll break it down as Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, always appreciate Scott Berry's time with us on the Eagle Hour as he makes an appearance every single Monday. If you missed that, go back and check out the Eagle Hour on demand, supertalk.fm, supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com. You can also find us in the App Store, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, 4th Street Bar and Grill brings you the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Golden Eagles will be at Rice this weekend. 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill will have all four games on for you. They had beef tips over rice today uh, with corn, cornbread, and a drink, and it was all just eight ninety five. So Fourth Street Bar and Grill, the place to go. Lots of Southern Miss stuff there too, and we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob, beautiful downtown Laurel. They're, they're actually putting a roundabout in beautiful downtown Laurel. Uh-oh. Third time I've said that, I know, in the last 10 seconds. But they're tearing up the brick streets right now, and it's kind of paining me to watch. I think they're going to put them back down, but the iconic – I'm looking out at piles of bricks here on, on Central Avenue. So really? hope that uh, they will they will fix that. Surely so they're, not gonna do away with, they're not going to do away with that, Laurel. are they? The brick streets, surely Well, I think not. They'll, they'll come back. I think they're going to come back and, and fix it. So we'll we'll yeah. see what happens. But yeah. anyway, Kelly Sander, uh, who uh, some people have – have you ever been called beautiful, Kelly, by the way? No. Let me answer that for you. No. Well, yes, but it was a very strange situation. It dealt with some Alka-Seltzer tablets and a lot of <laughs> – That's it. That's so. enough. That's enough. Okay. <laughs> That's enough. All right. Go ahead. Here we go. <laughs> All right, last Thursday, Kelly, Jay Ladner got off with us because he was hopping on a call, and then he, he said, you know, he can't talk about the recruit. But it must have been this guy, Waylon Knapper, Dodge City Community College. He's a sophomore. Point guard, Kelly, coming in, averaged 20 points a game last year, uh, in average right under 37 minutes, uh, can shoot the three ball, can handle it well. What's your initial thoughts about Waylon Knapper? Well, first of all, let's look at the program it comes from. Dodge City has has long time been a really strong basketball school. It's in Kansas. People have heard of the Kansas Jayhawks, right? So a lot of uh, a lot of when JUCO guys, when Kansas goes to get JUCO guys, lots of times they'll go to Dodge City or Coffeyville. You know, the two the two big uh, basketball powerhouses there uh, in Kansas. But the good thing about junior college players, and lots of times you'll hear people trash junior college players. Well. You know, all we're doing is recruiting junior college players. Well, the good thing about junior college players is there's a spot available that they're going to fill immediately. Okay? Uh, now, the Eagles, Eagles signed the, the star point guard from St. Andrews, you know, last week, but he's going to come in as a freshman. Uh, so they, they'll be able to move Tay Hardy to the, the natural two position, which is what he normally plays. But this guy was also a high school teammate of Isaiah Moore, who is uh, transferring in from from St. John's by way of Pearl River? So these guys of who was Isaiah Moore was a teammate of Tay Hardy's <laughs> at Pearl River when they had won like 42 games in a row or some ridiculous number like that. So the JUCO guys plug in and give you a chance to to win immediately, and the JUCO guys when they when they tend to commit their their staying power, if you will, is a lot better than guys who are recruited right out of high school. So I, I like the Look, move, and I think it'll it'll prove to be to provide some depth for the Eagles at that point guard position. Yeah, looking at at Napper is uh, specifically his assist. He averaged eight assists a game, and so you would think now with that that he he is more like a true point guard. It's going to free Tay Hardy up. So yeah, I'd be excited to talk to Coach Ladner about Waylon Napper on Thursday. All right, Bob, you were really, really, really excited. Uh, you talked to Coach Barry about it, uh, talking about how four conference USA teams in the top twenty-five. Let me kind of just run down what happened through the conference this weekend and. And, Bob, uh, I know you've been looking at the rankings, uh, but right. Charlotte takes three out of four from ODU, Middle Tennessee. 
three out of four from UAB. Marshall and Louisiana Tech split. Talk more about that in just in a second. Rice and UTSA split. FAU gets three of four from FIU, and Southern Miss takes three of four from Western Kentucky. RPI, Charlotte now in the driver's seat. They're at 11. Uh, 29 and 11 overall, 22 strength to schedule. Old Dominion right in front of Southern Miss at 17. They have a 48 strength to schedule. Southern Miss at 18th with a 14th strength to schedule. And, and Louisiana Tech fell uh, about 18 spots down to number 27. And that's the RPI side of it. Bob, you've been looking at the poll side. And Old Dominion has made that jump simply because they're playing Charlotte two weeks in a row. No question. In the USA Today coaches poll, Charlotte uh, is 17th in the country this week. Louisiana Tech, 18th. Southern Miss, 22nd. Old Dominion makes their first appearance in the poll at number 25. They're just outside the top 25 in the D1 poll. Charlotte, number 15. Louisiana Tech, number 16. Southern Miss, uh, number 23. Any way you look at it, and it's sort of like uh, Coach Barry said, when when do we remember there being four Conference USA baseball teams in the top 25? This is a really good day for Conference USA and a really good day for what, what all of us have always thought was a very nationally competitive baseball league. But finally this year, the league, I think, getting some of the national credit that it deserves. And the West, if you look at the Massey ratings, you know, the West, they've got Louisiana Tech as the top team in the league, followed by Southern Miss, and then the Eastern Division teams with Charlotte and Old Dominion. I got to tell you, Charlotte has made a believer out of me. I thought that, I thought Old Dominion would, uh, would, would win that series, uh, this weekend. But right. Charlotte is apparently better than I gave them credit for, and that they're getting a lot of love here late, and that big series coming up this weekend. Uh, obviously, will be important as to where they where they rank out for seeding in the not only in the Conference USA tournament but the nationwide polls. Luke, you were talking about Fourth Street Bar. It was something over rice today on the menu? <laughs> yeah, beef tips. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, considering where the considering where the Eagles are playing this weekend, this week should be everything over rice. Right. Just, just well, don't you don't <laughs> take it for granted. And I'm going to tell you guys another team that's still on the Golden Eagles schedule that I watch pretty closely. And they're beginning to they're beginning to get their uh, get their legs underneath them. Florida Atlantic wins two out of or three out of four against Florida International. Now suddenly the Owls are twenty one and nineteen. They've pulled dead even in the conference, and uh, they're they're down the schedule. I think we actually finished the season against them. Uh, Florida yeah. Atlantic is not going to be an easy out for Southern Miss. They they won't be, but here's where I'm not so much concerned about that series. So unless I've got this wrong and I'm, I've looked at it, the the host sites are are used are going to be uh, named on May the tenth. So that is between Middle Tennessee and FAU. So I don't think the Eagles right now, we would have to win, win, win. We'd have to win four, five, nine in a row to get back in this. ODU's going to have to beat up on Charlotte a little bit. I think Charlotte now is is possibly the, the lead ringer in a host site. But what, you, what you've got is the Florida Atlantic will help us, but the sites will have already been 
will have already been chosen. So the FAU won't matter as far as a host site and a regional. What it will matter for is we might possibly be a one seed on the road, or it might help us go to another regional. But, yeah, I'm with you, Bob. FAU at FAU at the beginning of the season looked terrifying. It has backed off a little bit, but now Eagles got to be playing good as they when they go down to Boca. But and Kelly Center, I I got to tell you something. I don't care if they're seventeen and twenty three. It makes me just nervous as a cat on a hot roof to go out there and play four games this weekend. I just think that's a potential trap for the Golden Eagles, uh, uh, unless you know, unless they go extremely focused and play very very well. Well, your point is well taken, but but Bob Rice stinks. This year, they're no good. I mean, <laughs> I hope you're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> now, I, Don't I, say I, it. Now, anytime <laughs> you go play, I mean, there's this possibility you're going to lose. But I just there, there, there are things that if you look at Southern Miss's history over the years, there are some things that have not gone the Eagles' way. That has not been the case this year. Uh, every time they've called a coin flip, it seems like they've won all the close games. The Eagles have won. They've done what they've needed to do. They've held off, you know. Kelly. I'd, I'd like to know how many one-run games the Eagles have won this year. Those are all Kelly. good signs. Yes. D- do you hear yourself? We had a a tremendous to-the-top moment yesterday. We could have been leading the West. Terrible Marshall took two of four on the road in Ruston. <laughs> something, you know, something that we did last weekend, and we were proud of it. And we go out there and we lay an egg against a 466, 503, and 570 ERA guy and get three hits out of it. It was a to the top moment yesterday. I'm telling you, it's, I, I feel, I am scared of this Rice series more than anything else on the schedule. Not me. I'm just not. Um, I hope you're right. The old, the old gray mares. In there in Houston, or excuse me, Houston, Houston. aren't aren't what they used to be. <laughs> Reckling uh, Park, by the and, way, and I don't uh, and I don't pull sweeps often. I, I guess I could wait till Friday, but the Eagles are going to sweep right. I like your thinking, Kelly Sander. I like your thinking. The Golden Eagles are twenty six and thirteen, number eighteen RPI in the country, number twenty two this morning in the USA Today coaches poll, number twenty three. In the D1 poll, and the Rice Owls are next on the schedule. We'll be back. segment on this Monday brought to you by D-Bad and D-1 Training in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on Hardy Street. We're going to be there on May the 5th, and when we go there, Kelly Santer is going to get in the batting cage. I'm going to try, but we're going to make sure that Kelly gets in there, and and, uh, I'm excited about uh, about seeing Santa. Now, it's not the softball side, Kelly. We want you in the baseball side. the baseball side. 
Well, that's also Cinco de Mayo. So after I feel miserable, I might have to go get a few margaritas and you know drown out my sorrows. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we found out you're not going to be hosting trivia at Fuzzies that night. So, yeah, right. Whatever, right. whatever you want to do. The day is yours. Right. But, okay. yeah, DBAT and D1 Training, DBATHattiesburg.com is the uh, the website. Lots of stuff always going on there, and, and go see them. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. News and notes, Ben Etheridge, the Conference USA Pitcher of the Week, a masterful complete game shutout against Western Kentucky in the game two of the doubleheader on Saturday. He only gave up three hits, struck out 11. Etheridge improves to 4-1 and one with a 288 earned run average, 62 strikeouts in 50 innings of work. Congratulations to him. Men's golf down at the 2021 Conference USA Men's Golf Championship at the Texarkana Country Club. Matt Lorenz right now, uh, fourth overall, shot a 69 today. Golden Eagles are tied for fifth overall. They have two golfers in the top eight. So uh, good job for those guys. They'll be there for the next three days. Matt Lorenz right now currently tied for fourth. Beach volleyball season comes to an end at the CCSA Championships. They defeat UAB. Lost to Georgia State, then uh, beat ULM to stay alive, and then they were knocked out by Florida Atlantic, number 14th in the country. But Kylie Grandy and Abby Wilson were on the all-tournament team uh, for their performances, so congratulations to them. And then softball had a uh, had a tough weekend out in Denton against the uh, Mean Green. They got swept by North Texas this weekend, and they'll try to bounce back next weekend in Hattiesburg against Louisiana Tech. All right, guys, uh, we didn't report this last week because kind of wanted to see where this story went. Thursday we found out Jacquez Turner re-entered the portal, and now he is committed to Louisville. Of all places where a former Golden Eagle defensive lineman, Conference USA selection, who opted out last year, and now it appears just used the Golden Eagle football team to get back in football shape, Bob Getty, of all places, he lands there. I know. Well, we've expressed our opinion about this transfer portal and and just how damaging it's going to be to colleges around the country like Southern Miss. Tell you this real quickly, guys. We're going to bring Coach McNellis, basketball coach, on the show Wednesday. I sat with her for a while Friday night at the baseball game, and you know, the Fab Four freshmen that uh, that we were all so excited about, Luke Johnson, one of them entered the transfer portal and uh, is apparently going to go to Tulane. And she has very strong opinions about the transfer portal and what the NCAA is doing. So let our audience know we're going to have her on Wednesday to talk about how it's affecting women's sports. And then Coach Ladner on back on Thursday to talk about how it's affecting men's sports. But, guys, this is a – this is a bad development in my view and just creating uh, just creating uh, just I don't know Kelly Sander just like a freeway of kids going from school to school to school when they don't get their way. I think I think the biggest part of this is this particular year when the NCAA said you can transfer and start immediately. Right. No question. I think that was that was the final nail in the coffin. Uh, because there there was a penalty to to pay if you were to transfer, you'd have to sit out a year. But now, you know, the NCAA has given another year to people because of the, of the COVID virus. Uh, there's, a, there's a player on the Pearl River baseball team that through, through red shirts, medical exemptions, and COVID could actually be a fifth-year freshman. <laughs> now, now, you know, a fifth-year freshman, and I, I did that, but I went the academic route. You know, right, right. Uh, 
Right. But sports-wise, that, that's what these things are coming down to. And it's not just major sports. I mean, the, the women's soccer team at Southern Miss just came off a really good, good season and almost beat Rice over there in the tournament. A lot of us watched it on, on CUSA TV. Well, a lot of the girls from the, the soccer team are in the transfer portal. And they just had one of the, one of the best seasons they ever had. And I was, I was talking to one of the standout players yesterday, and I said, with the great season that you just had, why would that be? And she said what you've talked about many times, Bob, playing time. Right. It's right. like if people don't get to play, they yeah. don't want to compete. They'll just go to a, a lesser school or a weaker program so that they can, so mm-hmm. that they can play. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have some very spoiled athletes. I'm not, I'm not picking on athletes in general. I'm, I'm talking about the younger generation. If they don't get what they want, um, it's go somewhere else instead of right. fight your way to the top. Well, Kelly, it's just like the video I saw this weekend on Facebook, and uh, this kid looks to be maybe 9 or 10 years old, Little League Baseball player, walks up to home plate. His mother ramps up his quote-unquote walk-up music on her boom box, and he drops the bat at home plate and dances before he steps in the batter's box. That's where we are, brother. I mean, that's where we are. And, uh, Enjoy your Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good, not a good thing. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And we'll try to be a little happier and a little less grumpy. Me and Kelly. Uh, Ole Miss stinks. <laughs> Ole Miss stinks for your Monday. Uh, Southern Miss <laughs> to the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.